Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Thirty on Wednesday, August 15th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, find out what's to come in one of the largest research studies in history happening right here in Mississippi. Then we'll learn why there's a critical need for blood to recover from a record-breaking low in July. And hear reflections on the past, present, and future as the Phi Theta Kappa National Honor Society celebrates 100 years in Mississippi. Plus, the story of how a Mississippi man's tribute to his wife and their enduring love is gaining international buzz. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Life-saving research will continue in Mississippi's capital city. The National Institutes of Health, or NIH, have announced five new contract awards for the next phase of the Jackson Heart Study. It's the largest research study in history to investigate the multiple risk factors associated with cardiovascular disease in African Americans. About one in four dies of heart disease, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. David Goff is director of the Division of Cardiovascular Sciences at the NIH. He tells us the study that began in 1998 is gaining a new partner. The Jackson Heart Study is the largest and longest established study of the causes and outcomes of heart disease in African Americans in the United States. How long has it been ongoing? The Jackson Heart Study started back in 1998 when we enrolled 5,300 African Americans living in Jackson, Mississippi in the study. And you have been monitoring these individuals for the last 20 years? That's right. We've been doing periodic examinations to ask questions about health behaviors, uh, to do examinations including blood pressure and other aspects of health. Uh, to get laboratory studies done, like cholesterol and blood sugar and and things like that, in order to understand uh, the causes of heart disease in African Americans so that we could work toward the prevention of heart disease. From what you have found over the last 20 years, what has stood out among heart issues in this group of people? We certainly have learned that heart disease is an even bigger problem for African Americans than it is for many other ethnic groups in the U.S., including uh, non-Hispanic whites. Uh, And this seems to be due, at least in large part, 
to a much greater problem with high blood pressure or hypertension. And so hypertension-related heart diseases and cardiovascular diseases like heart attacks, strokes, kidney disease, um, these are major problems for African Americans, even more so than for other groups uh, because of the high burden of hypertension. Do you recommend that they change their lifestyle so that you can study that to see what the results are, that they eat better or can get more exercise and, and other things that might lower their blood pressure? When, when participants come into a research study like this, uh, we do a battery of um, tests. So we do things like measure blood pressure and measure cholesterol and blood sugar to help diagnose diabetes and things like that. And while these are not clinical tests like you would get from your doctor, they provide a lot of useful information. And so we give this information back to our participants. We let them know whether the value is within a normal range or indicates a problem, like perhaps they have a high cholesterol or a high blood pressure. And if it is high, we recommend that they take this information to their doctor and that they talk about it, including talking about what they can do to address the problem and reduce the risk. If the participant gives us the name and uh, information about a doctor and gives us permission to communicate with the doctor directly, uh, we'll send that information straight to the doctor as well. So um, this is something that we do routinely in our studies because while we're trying to study what causes heart disease, we also care about our participants and want the best for them. You are announcing awards to various organizations that are participating in research and studies. Can you tell us about that, please? Yes. So the Jackson Heart Study is funded through a number of contracts that get competed on a periodic basis, and we've just gone through a contract competition cycle to make new awards uh, that will fund the next uh, phase of the study, including new examinations for the Jackson Heart Study participants. Those examinations will take place uh, during 2020 through 2022 over an, an almost three-year period. And we'll be continuing to collaborate with the institutions that we've been collaborating with up to this point, and we're adding a new partner uh, to the collaboration in this new phase. So the, the currently funded institutions prior to the new funding include Jackson State University, uh, the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and Tougaloo College. The new partner joining our effort is the Mississippi Department of Health. How will they participate in your studies? Uh, so the Mississippi Department of Health will be participating as what we are calling our um, community outreach core, uh, which really has the, the purpose of engaging the community in health-promoting research and programs. Uh, and the really great thing about working with the Mississippi Department of Health is that they are well poised to extend the benefits of that part of our effort 
beyond Jackson and the immediately surrounding region uh, to help us reach populations across the state of Mississippi more broadly uh, to benefit from the, the programming that we can make possible. Dr. David Goff is the director of the Division of Cardiovascular Sciences for the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute and the National Institutes of Health. Dr. Goff, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for all Americans. In other news, 10 blood drives are scheduled today in locations across the state. This now that blood supply in Mississippi is at an all-time low. Officials say the shelves at Mississippi Blood Services are empty, calling it the worst month they've seen. Emily Austin is Communications and Marketing Manager at Mississippi Blood Services. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood they ended July short of hospital needs. We're hoping to see a turnaround with donors now that we are able to get back into the high schools, but we are still seeing a deficit with donors. To put that in perspective, we need to see 250 to 300 donors a day. Yesterday we saw 126. Um, We ended July very short of where we need to be to meet hospital need, and that's a scary place to be, um, which is why we do the promotions during the summer that we do to encourage people to come out. If a major emergency happened today, would there be enough on the shelves to supply? We would do everything possible to make sure that donors got what they needed if we had a major emergency. Um, And what that looks like is reaching out to our partners through Blood Centers of America um, and letting them know that we have an emergency and we do need help from our partners. So in terms of what's on the shelf, then that wouldn't suffice? No, we um, are very limited. I actually haven't been back there this morning, but I know we are urging our O-positive and O-negative donors to come out because those shelves have been empty. How critical is that O-positive and O-negative? Um, well, O-negative is a universal donor, so if you're in an accident and there's not time to find out your blood type, they're going to give you O-negative. So that's why we are always asking for them to come in. I know earlier you mentioned that, you know, hopefully with school starting again, you can see a difference. Talk about how involved the blood drives are. Sure, we see a huge difference during the school years because what a lot of people don't understand is that the high schools are where the majority of our blood comes from. We're able to park a coach at our larger high schools for a day or two and see the majority of the population of the high school. You can donate starting at 16 years of age as long as you have parental consent and weigh at least 100 pounds. So if you think about it, Mississippi's a large state. We have a large number of high schools, and we reach every single one that we possibly can. And I was looking online, and I saw um, blood drives all over the state. Um, so kind of talk about how people can find their nearest blood drive, You know, whether they are a high school student or if they're just a person in the community. Sure. We list all of our community blood drives both on our free mobile app and our website, and we do a daily Facebook post that lists all of the drives where we are in the community. We do a promotion every summer to encourage people to come out, and this is the last week of our $1,000 weekly drawing. So one winner this week will be our 12th winner, and they will receive $1,000 in a Raising Cane's prize pack. Emily Austin is with the Mississippi Blood Services. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you. Again, information on scheduled blood drives is available online at msblood.com. Coming up, reflections on the past, present, and future as Phi Theta Kappa celebrates 100 years in the state. That's after a Southern Remedy Health Minute. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. All right, this is a PG 
thing in the news. So erectile dysfunction. So what are the risks of erectile dysfunction and other things, particularly heart disease? So we know it's a nuisance, certainly a big issue with a lot of men. So this is a four-year study that looked at men with vascular-related impotence. So in these men, over four years, they were twice as likely to have a stroke, a heart attack, or sudden cardiac death. And if you think about it, it makes sense because both of these things are the heart. When you talk about a heart attack or a stroke, we're talking about blood vessels and blood vessel problems. And some of the same risk factors for stroke and a heart attack are the risk factors for the development of erectile dysfunction, namely high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes is a big one too. So anything that can damage blood vessels over time can contribute to erectile dysfunction. And the opposite is true too. Actually, if those individuals who have heart disease, particularly the heart disease that results from clogging of the arteries or atherosclerotic disease, they're more likely to get erectile dysfunction. So the the bottom line here is we need to be very aggressive with treating hypertension and particularly hypertension and cholesterol problems and diabetes in men to not only prevent heart attack and stroke, but also to decrease the risk of erectile dysfunction down the road. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Phi Theta Kappa is the International Honor Society for two-year college students. More than 3.5 million students across the globe have been inducted since Phi Theta Kappa's founding in 1918. Founded in Canton, Mississippi, the international organization has maintained maintained its headquarters in the state. As the group celebrates its first 100 years of service, President and CEO Lynn Tinger-Ladner says their mission doesn't stop at student recognition. We are a 100-year-old honor society specifically for our community college system throughout the United States. We started in Missouri in 1918, but we've been in Mississippi since the early 1920s. And our first executive director was from Canton and moved us here when we were in a shoebox, and we have been in Mississippi ever since. And we think it makes perfect sense because the community colleges in Mississippi are some of the highest quality in the country, and, and we feel exactly at home right here in Mississippi. Phi Theta Kappa is an honor society. What does that mean exactly? Well, students, you know, they graduate from high school. They'll tend to go to community colleges, about half of them. And if they do well and they have at least a 3.5 GPA and 12 credit hours of quality courses that are college level, they're invited to the honor society. And if they accept, they're officially a Phi Theta Kappa member. And um, we do two things with them. One is we say you are great, you know, you're the best of the best, and here's your recognition. But what we spend most of our time doing with these students is spending time outside of the classroom teaching them how to be leaders and teaching them soft skills and how to be a better student. So we sort of are a co-curricular arm of our community colleges here in Mississippi and elsewhere. Is Phi Theta Kappa part of all the community colleges in the state, or does it extend to all universities in the state? Well, Phi Theta Kappa is actually in, in every community college in the country, and about 60 community colleges on the outside of the country 
Uh, we are pretty huge. Um, we have about 1,250 chapters all together. We're in all 15 of Mississippi's community colleges and have been for close to 80 years now. And they all participate. And all the four-year institutions, what they do is they offer scholarships to our Phi Theta Kappa members in our community colleges. It's sort of a second pathway to a scholarship if you didn't get one right out of high school. It's, an, it's another pathway to consider getting your college uh, subsidized with financial benefit. Explain membership, individual membership, college membership, and any others that might apply. Well, the students aren't the actual members, but the institutions themselves are also members, and we form sort of a network bridging two-year college students to their four-year destinations. And so the network's really both students and four-year schools. Where does your funding come from? Our funding does come from membership fees. We do a, a tremendous amount of fundraising and grant writing. We have a grant right now with the Dell Foundation, for example, to create an online transfers tool for most of our members to use when they want to decide how they want to transfer. How does Mississippi compare to other states in the country in terms of membership? Phi Theta Kappa is the very best that it is in Mississippi. About 35% of students here in Mississippi will accept membership when they're offered membership. Some of them cannot afford it, and we are working on that. We're actually working with Get to College and the Woodward Hines Foundation to help pay for membership here in Mississippi. But it works well here because every single public and private university does offer that transfer scholarship. So it's a tremendous benefit, and it's a fairly well-known benefit. And that's why we're probably better here than other states. We don't have 100% participation in other states like we do here in Mississippi. What is the economic impact on Mississippi? Well, every year um, we have about 4,000 new members here in Mississippi. And when you look at how many would transfer and get that benefit, you're looking at about a $16 million impact each year from our four-year colleges to our very best community college students. And, uh, you know, about 93% of our members will complete a degree of any kind, and about 61% go on to get their bachelor's degree right here in Mississippi. You have a 100-year history, so, you know, times change. How has the direction changed in the 100 years for the Honor Society? A couple of years ago, we started a new strategic plan working outward. What about community college students that just want to go to work? What about people that just want to be a nurse? Or what about that welder that wants to go down to Ingalls and weld for Ingalls? So we've been working on curating, you know, job opportunities and uh, certification scholarships. We have a new program right now where if you want to be a nurse and you're, you're right about to graduate, that NCLEX is going to cost you another $300, and you can apply for us to pay for that for you through our donors. What are some of the future goals? The future goals are really to be sort of a, almost an international network of connecting students, not just to colleges, but to work. We want internships, we want job opportunities, and we want our students to know that when you become a Phi Theta Kappa member, we're going to be working on getting you a job, not just a scholarship. So that's sort of the future of what we're trying to do. Well, happy centennial. <laughs> Lynn Tinter-Ladner is the president and CEO of Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Coming up, the story of how a Mississippi man's tribute to his wife and their enduring love is gaining international attention. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A testament to a Mississippi man's enduring love for his wife has turned into an international attraction. As MPB's Desiree Frazier reports, their story spans just shy of 60 years. In a quiet neighborhood, just off a busy downtown street in Starkville, sits a tan brick house with a circular driveway and red shutters. It's the home of Charles Lala Evans. Folks stop by to see his creations. People around here call the 85-year-old Lala. This is it. You know. What is it? Lala's Junkyard Park. <laughs> That's what it is. Lala's Junkyard Park is the first stop on a tour of his two-acre property. He always saves the main attraction for last. Now, where's the museum? Oh, we'll get there. We're on our way, okay? Lala begins at the Umbrella Grove, a big lot next to his home, filled with 100 beach and picnic umbrellas. There are lawn chairs and decorations with trivia questions on large white signs posted along the path. Lala loves music, dancing, and quizzing people. I had to make these new ones. So can you answer? Swing low, sweet. Chariot. Okay. Down by the... Riverside. Okay. Somewhere over... The rainbow. Girl, listen at this lady. You are so sharp. Thank you. This is awesome. Finally, we come to the large yellow shed with a red roof. This is the main attraction. Lala and Louise's place. He turns on the stereo. Lala asks for a dance. I have to dance with you. Oh, my lance. <laughs> Wow. Hey. Thousands of photos of Lala with his wife Louise line the walls. Pictures of them wearing disco outfits, on vacations, and celebrating their 50th anniversary. Here, we went out to the lake, the county lake, and there were alligators. We took those pictures, you see. And while I was taking the pictures, she wouldn't get out the car, you know. I said, come on, girl, I won't let them get you. Lala and Louise met when he shined shoes at a local spot near her uncle's cafe. Oh, my gracious. She was a beautiful lady. And I think it, it was love at first sight. They became a popular couple, going to dances and entertaining at their home. He recalls their wedding day as we talked in front of his house. They got married on his father's front porch just across the street. They were both 18. He got down to the pond, he said... Well, now you may present the ring, you know. I looked at him, I looked at her, and I said to myself, I said, what's this man talking about? And he finally realized that we were only 18, that I didn't know nothing about a ring, you know. The couple had two children. 64-year-old Wayman Evans is the oldest. i never seen them argue. i never seen them fuss. i never seen them fight. I never seen them drink. I never seen them smoke. What Lala's niece Annie Love saw was a couple passionate about one another. As far as I could remember, they just simply adored each other. They showed love. They loved each other and they complimented each other well. Lala was a mailman and Louise worked at a felt company. Lala started collecting all types of items after they retired, which is how the junkyard emerged. Then, after 59 years and 11 months of marriage, Louise's health began to decline. 
He points to a picture of their last dance. This was July 16, 2011. A cousin of mine, her granddaughter, had just gotten married, and we were there for the reception. So we spin and danced around, and, and then uh, dipped her for the last time and brought her back up and put that last one on her. An affectionate kiss for the love of his life. The following week, they were at home when Louise had a massive heart attack. So I called 911, and they came in about 10 minutes. But before they got there, she looked up and she said, I love you, and that was it. It gave me a chance to reflect and think about what we had. And what we had the most was each other. The couple talked about building a space to showcase the pictures they'd taken over the years, but didn't get around to it. Lala worked to make their project a reality. It's been nearly seven years since Louise died, yet their whole marriage remains vivid in his memory and their love for music and dancing. We started out as 18-year-old kids doing everything together, and I'd share it with anyone, try to keep it together. My main secret was to keep that woman first. It's a message Charles shares with everyone. Marriage isn't perfect, but when you put your partner first and set your mind to it, you'll have love that lasts a lifetime. Desiree Frazier, MPB News. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101 at 10, Everyday Tech. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.